0: Welcome to That's What Ni Said. I'm Ni, a mother and an entrepreneur. This is my journey to find a footing in life, well, at least try to, and what I have to say about it. Hey everybody, how was your week? I hope it's been a good week for you. For me, this week was a little slow, I mean, Again, thank God, my whole family is not waiting on my salary to feed them, because um, my work is somewhat predictable, and I try to at this stage as much as as much as I would like to try to have you know principle and this and that. I'm still pretty flexible when it comes to clients' cancellation, as long as it's not last-minute cancellation without a just cause. Um, so, and then just other things happens, you know, the people I work for, if they're out of town, they don't need my service, doesn't that? So in terms of total hours worked, it hasn't been a lot is I'd say half of what I expected, which is good in a way. Cause I was telling my husband the other day, I had two really, really intense weeks. I was really getting to a point where I was just tired so tired all the time. And I was telling him, geez, I I don't know if I had gotten back to full-time work earlier on postpartum, maybe I would have gotten used to it already. I really can't say as a huge what if. But judging from how my body reacted, and this is me, this is after, you know, I've lost some way after I've actually tried to keep up an exercise habit. It's still exhausting. And also I haven't really been going to the gym for the past Oh man, has it been two months already? I am still, I still plan on going back to it, but it's just, it has been a bit. So I was just so, so tired every day. And I was telling him, gee, I'm not saying I have a job to get back to anyway, but I'm glad that I didn't have to because I can't deal with it having to worry about house, food, and cooking, and then end work. And then, you know, especially since I'm working for myself. So it's not just, checking in, getting the work done, and checking out. I'm constantly thinking about what I'm doing, how I'm going to do it, where is this going, how can I develop it, how can I improve it. It really is non-stop. And then after two weeks, I was getting to a point where I was starting to lose the feeling of joy in life. Even when I am working really hard, my business, the thing that I'm doing the nature of it is still just really slow growing. There is no an explosion of sales because you did something right with your marketing, or you know your product has a huge hidden demand, a hidden niche market, or anything like that. It's a really slow burn. So, um, so even when I'm really, really tired, it's just apart from you know working more hours, you get paid a few more hours, but still it just feels like ah. Uh, where is this going? Uh, so this week I feel like either whatever energy that's around, right? Or it's, it's just a coincidence. I just didn't have that many of hours that I needed to do. I didn't have as rigorous of a schedule and then having to run around town and getting home and cook and all this. I actually had time to do a little bit more backyard and this and that. Keep all my vegetables alive we have this little bunny that's super cute. I, I don't want to chase it out of my yard because we have some broken bits of fence in the corner, so it just kind of sneaks in. And my daughter always gets so excited when she sees the bunny. So I just, the bunny comes in and just starts decapitating my all of my flowers, <laughs> which I've seen. I'm aware of the phenomena. I'm aware that's part of nature. I get the, the first few times, I get pretty upset, but then... My daughter's always so excited to see the bunny. So I was like, you know what? It's some flowers, you know? Nature gives some, nature takes some. This is a form of nature takes some. So I'll just let it take it. I'm not planning on winning any landscape contest anytime soon. So whatever. Yeah, it's a really cute bunny. I, it looks like a jackrabbit. I honestly don't know the huge difference, but we were watching the Wild Kratts. If you watch kid's show, you probably know. And then there was this one episode during Easter, they were talking about, they're trying to find the Easter bunny. And so they talked about the difference between, you know, rabbits and bunnies and, is it bunnies and jackrabbits? Something along those lines. And then just judging from like the big long feet and the thin long ears and all that, it's, it looks like a jackrabbit. Or it's just a, I don't know, wild hair. Oh, I think it was between jackrabbits and some, some kind of hair. But anyway... As sometimes watching kids shows, good quality kids shows are actually I enjoy them. So it's not like a grueling torture to watch TV with my daughter. I actually I roll my eyes when I see bullshit, and that's that. It's not just because I am so smart and I'm a grown up. It's bullshit because it's legit bullshit. Like kids shouldn't be watching that either. I'm looking at you, Coco Melon, uh, Coco Melon, right? Yeah, Melon. I don't know what kids can learn from it. I mean, you can pick up something for sure. But again, my personal principle is anything that looks plasticky, anything that looks like, oh, you can just have the exact same thing off a shelf. Nah. Anything that's with like repetitive, formulaic, computer-generated music with not very well thought through lyrics... And it's just it's uninteresting, and I, I honestly don't think kids get they obviously anything that's colorful and bright and moving is better than nothing. But it's just if you it's like food if you give them the good stuff and the shitty stuff, I kids can tell the difference. Not all the time, but the majority of the time they can tell the difference. <laughs> like how my daughter prefers steak to um, to minced beef. <laughs> It's both beef. I tell her this is just beef, but you kind of grind it into little little pieces, so it's a different way to prepare it. And she's like, "Ah, I'm good. I like my ribeye." <laughs> she likes ribeye Uh but uh yeah, she's she's funny. It took her for a three-year well check last week, and then she's you know hitting all the marks and whatever. What was it? We talked a lot about just kind of prepare her because every time she goes. Weight, you know, stepping on the weight scale and checking her height and all that—it's always a struggle. She always screams and cries. And then this time, before we went, like it, um, two weeks, almost a month before, I was—we pre- started prepping her. We watched TV about that, you know, there are Sesame Street episodes about kids going to the doctors and this and that. And uh, we have a—we have her step on the scale at home, and I mean, she does that from time to time, so she understands what it is. The only thing that's really Foreign is measuring her height and um, measuring her like blood pressure and all that, and uh, so she did really really well until uh, what was it? What Was it oh 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 the blood oxygen thing? It's like it's like a really soft little clamp that they put on your finger, but I I guess it's the way it looks. She really did not like it, and she started kicking and screaming, and then. After she kind of came down, came down, calmed down a little bit. And I explained to her, well, you're a big girl now. And she really, really remembered that lollipop she get at the end of it. So I told her, you don't just get a lollipop because you're here. You get a lollipop. You earn the lollipop. If you don't kick, don't scream and don't cry and don't make the, the nice nurse's job too difficult. Why would you get a lollipop if you make it very, very difficult for the nurse and doctors? Again, like we try to frame it. Like I don't I don't want her to grow up thinking she doesn't deserve anything nice, but I definitely in terms of these kind of things, again, I don't want that to be such a reward that she's like focused and tunnel visioned on just getting that. I don't want that to be become her default thought process. But then again, I don't want her to take those things for granted. And so far, (laughs) I have to confess. So we got two cakes for, you know, birthday that she kind of shared with her her dad. They're only three days apart. And then we had some friends over. Everybody had a lot of cakes. And then we still had like half a cake left over. We put it away after after the the get-together is over. And then it's in the fridge. It's too tall. She doesn't. She doesn't have access to the set fridge. So she never really looked into it. Do you recognize that, that little box that it came in? She just didn't know that it still exists. And then my husband and I, especially myself, I would just kind of hack a slice off for myself late afternoon when I'm feeling like really drained, which is not good for me. Again, I have had 20 years of incorrect neural pathways about this whole abusive relationship with dessert. I'm I'm still trying, but sometimes that hit is just, honestly, like when that bite of cake goes into my mouth, every cell in my body is so fucking happy. <laughs> I feel ridiculous, but that's just how I am. That's how I have been wired. And then it's, it's really hard to overwrite that program. And I don't have the mental fortitude to like do a two months sugar-free whatever detox and then just completely rid myself of it I can't again it's, it comes down to if my doctor tells me you're gonna die if you don't stop eating sugar then like die right right away if you don't stop eating sugar the way you do then I d- will find strength in my heart to do it but you know if it's just living life I don't see the point I'm not an athlete even if I get rid of all my vice in my life, I'm still not going to be an athlete. So just optimize myself the way I am is the only way to go. But anyway, I digress. So I've been eating little little pieces of cake here and there. We still have like a quarter left. And uh, my, my husband was, the other day was saying, oh, do you think we should give her a slice of cake? There's still some in the fridge. It'll make her so happy. And, and then I told him, I told him No. Because my daughter hasn't asked about it. If she has been begging me every day and then, you know, we'll figure out a way to make it work. But she hadn't even thought about it. So why bring it up? I want that to be the relationship between her and treats. Like if you want it, when there is a good time, we will have some. And then we, I do offer candy and dessert, a good ones. I check ingredients the good ones periodically like it would always be a surprise i don't there is no rules there is no routine she can't try to figure out oh this is when mommy gives me candy or this is when mommy gives me chocolate when it's really hot outside she gets uh, icicles and stuff when she comes home and then every once in a while whenever she hasn't really asked for it for maybe like a a week or even you know more than three or four days I would just offer at the end of dinner, "Don't you want some chocolate ice cream?" and she would be so happy. I kind of want that. Like, it's nice to have, but when you're not when you are not really thinking about it, then let's just not think about it. Don't let those things occupy your mental space, right? I mean, it's an experiment. I'm trying to do that with myself, which is more difficult because I am constantly thinking about it because that is the shortcut to comfort and happiness that my body is used to whenever I'm upset. I'm an emotional eater. When I'm stressed, I just need something that is spicy, salty, sugar. Well, these days, because I can't, I don't have access to good Chinese food. I'm really craving like the good kind of spicy and salty. But when I was in college, you know, I didn't know. I was really feeling very lonely and insecure. There's some other things, host of emotions in there. But that was the two big ones. And I was constantly using dessert, and I was in I was in London. That place has some good fucking dessert, even the ones in the supermarkets. And because the desserts in America, like if you get the ones in supermarkets and stuff, it's not that they don't taste good. It's just too fucking much. Like the too much sugar, too much cream, and then you know every once in a while, if you don't look at the ingredients, there's high fructose corn syrups and all kinds of the food dyes. You just don't want it. Unfortunately, the options that's available to people is just not great. And when I was in college, I had some great fucking dessert, very readily available on a daily basis. It was not great. It's just like I definitely did have a daily booty call with desserts. And I was constantly on diet. That's just really fucked up. Not having information on proper nutrition and exercise and health was so... So such a huge waste of time and energy in my college years. I was just thinking like, yes, I was skinnier back then, but I was also always hungry. And I was also really, really emotional eater. That makes me feel bad. And my body craves something. It craves comfort. And my comfort is something dessert, sweets. And that makes me fat. (laughs) That made me have to go on an even more strict diet. It's just a really vicious cycle. So I definitely, definitely don't want my daughter or anybody to fall for that again. Again, not much happened this week. Last week was really heavy. Oh, I was watching, I started watching this documentary about the merge of the Latter-day Saints on Netflix. It's it's about the branch that specifically practices polygamy and then this super remote and underground, super not mainstream group. And it happened right before, it happened before I was even born in China. And then just to think, in China, like people are too fucking poor to be involved in these kind of things. You know, you're still trying, you're still worried, worried about, are you going to get a job? Are you going to get fed? Can you even have a, f- support a family on the very basic level? And to think the kind of th- their lifestyle, the, the kind of resources that was available for that <laughs> lifestyle, for that to even be a, a possibility. I mean, like in my mind, I was just kind of time traveling back and forth. Every time they mentioned a timestamp, I was just thinking, okay, what was happening back home then? And it's just like, oh, and they had you have a camcorder. It's not like you're living like Amish people. But how like people are so easy to control. I just don't understand that. I mean, when you're born into that environment, when you are always controlled, you just don't you just don't even think about how to break out of it. Your only desire is, while in this controlled group, when everybody is oppressed, how can I kind of step on someone else's head and climb a little higher? And it's brutal. And it's just, I just started it. I watched maybe 30 minutes of it. It's interesting. And then I'm glad that there are people who kind of came out of that because, oh God, I just, I cannot tolerate for any reason, especially for religious reasons. I cannot tolerate anybody hurting women and children and the bullshit oh my god how like you become god your path to ascension is by obtaining wives as oh i can i can understand as a man how that's appealing to you and then as a woman you probably don't want to you know get beaten to death or cast out of your town or whatever if, if you think otherwise of whatever book that you're reading it's teaching, but it's just Jesus Christ. I, again, it comes to mind from time to time. Every time I find myself just gawking at how extreme and stupid and unimaginably, unimaginably primal some of these extreme religious groups are, I'm reminded of whoever told me about the founding, the exploration of America, this land... It's not just the people who want to break out of religion. It's the people who are extreme in their belief enough to want to go travel across ocean to a wild, unexplored, unestablished land just so they can still practice their religious belief. Again, being myself, having the luxuries of modern culture, And being a woman that's not just being seen as a tool of reproduction, I honestly cannot imagine what that's like. And then you're kind of being confronted with their descendants, generations after generations of this kind of pursuit of religious belief. That is some strong shit. And again, I've said this before, I really understand a religious organization's contribution to society. Before we had we had this group of civil servants, civil engineers that are actually smart enough to provide to gather resources to do anything. But at th- this date in time, I really think we can rethink the whole structure. Like I don't like. Because people always talk about, oh, the government shouldn't do this. The government shouldn't do that. Like, it's not the government's job. It is also not the church's job. I, again, I don't know much about religion. I'm not a theologist. It's also not their job. Like, if a community cannot come together without whichever god that they worship, then what are you really coming together for? Like, that's not, to me, it just always seem insincere. If I care about my neighbors, I really don't care about what religion, unless their religion is super fucked up. I really don't care about their religious belief. What I don't like about religion is it takes away too many opportunities to think critically, to ask questions, to create creative solutions. And that's really damaging to society because we really need to be constantly challenged. We need to constantly exercise our brain cells and powers and because that's really when you realize there is there is a limitation lack of knowledge where you have solved a problem that you need to solve but if you just always leave it to higher powers then you don't need to do anything and you can still feel good about it because you understand the higher powers are going to take care of you Again, I'm not talking absolute. I I know a lot of, especially coming here, because where we used to live, we don't have a lot of churchgoers out here. I'd be lucky if I meet another agnostic person. I've met so many religious and brilliant and kind-hearted people. And then they actually exercise critical thinking and this and that while still holding their faith, their belief. From my perspective, it should be up to them to tell their fellow worshipers, especially the ones that are dumb, there is no polite way to say this. There are a lot of people that are just dumb because they are devoid of that opportunity to think because they're not meant to think in that community because the power structure of their little small town whatever didn't want them to think. And that's pretty tragic, you know, being manipulated your whole life, being used as... A voter, as a whatever, you know, whatever label they're trying to slap onto you, and that's who they say you are, and then that's who you actually are, and that you have no say in it whatsoever. That's what I don't like about it. that's what he said.